Welcome once again to Devotional. This is lesson number 5 for Wednesday, October 10th. We are now moving away from the Old Testament and diving into the New Testament. Uh, this lesson is divided in half, basically. Um, and in the New Testament, uh, we're going to be looking at Corinth. Uh, the church in, in Corinth, Paul had to write about divisions. And it's interesting, you know, we've looked at divisions because of uh, emotions, you know, anger, carelessness, neglect of God's word. But the adversary is so astute, so uh, devious, and uh, he's constantly looking at human behavior and how we function. And, and he finds ways to bring divisions even from the most unexpected sources. And Corinth, Paul had, through you know godly discernment, identified a source of discernment, uh, division, sorry. And um, a church member uh, wrote to, to Paul, communicated to Paul, very concerned about divisions that were happening in the church from what you would say a good source. This was not a division based on apostasy, on carelessness, idolatry, you know, choosing to follow bad counsel. The division came because of good leaders. People were following good leaders and one person was saying, you know, I belong to this leader's mindset or whatever direction and I belong to this person's ministry and I belong to that person's ministry and Paul is brings it down to saying did anyone did any of those people die for you did Paul die on the cross for you did Apollos die on the cross for you no so I began to think you know this idea of uh, even good pastors Satan can use to bring divisions when I become too attached when I become too um, committed to a, a human being that now replaces my commitment to Jesus. And you have to wonder, you know, did they, did the church members in Corinth recognize this? I'm, I would say no. I would say they didn't. Otherwise, Paul would not have had to bring this to their attention. Paul had to bring, I mean, this is another form of blindness, what we talked about yesterday, right? Being able to see um, a Paul, who was also given the gift of prophecy, could open the eyes of the church in Corinth and say, this is the source of your divisions. It's not heresies. It's not idolatry. It's that good pastor that is up front. It's that good apostle that is committed and sacrificially given his life for the gospel. You are worshiping him. You are committed to him. And that's been one of my concerns. Even when I was in Columbus as a Bible worker, uh, sometimes people will make decisions for baptism and I'll be like, Lord, are they getting baptized because they want to make me happy? Is it because of me? They really appreciate me? And I began to get scared because um, in my inexperience, I thought, no, it can't be. This is because they've seen the truth and they love Jesus. But, you know, there was a couple that got baptized in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, a few months after I left, they stopped going to church. That broke my heart. That broke my heart. And it, had, it took a good year for me to process it. I'm, what did I do wrong? What happened? And I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I did what I could within my capabilities to let them see the beauty of Christ and that they needed to be, to, to be committed to Him and His truths. But I guess individuals sometimes become or are prone to being very human focused and they follow leaders and aren't able to ultimately follow the Jesus those leaders follow. And that to me was sobering. 
that people could be following me and I'm thinking they're following Jesus? If you are a church leader, if you are a pastor, um, this is questions that you know we should often grapple with. What am I seeking to draw attention to? Uh, I don't think we can answer that question to ourselves honestly unless we're doing so in prayer and with the Word of God open in front of us, having the Word of God search us. Because I don't, I, at least I want my conscience clear that people may choose what they choose regardless of my motives. And I can have, like Paul, Paul had a, you know motives of humility and total, total commitment to the cross of Christ, yet people followed him. People make choices to see Paul and allow Paul to obscure their vision of Jesus. So as, as a pastor, as a leader, I, I want to have at least a clear conscience. You know, if, if you're a deacon, an elder, um, a, a church leader that have, has visible uh, presence in the church, I, this is an appeal for all of us. We need to be guarded that we do not get seduced by this. Uh, I think Satan constantly through this bait to Peter and John and Paul, uh, when Paul and I believe it was Silas, um, you know, healed this um, lame individual and everybody thought they were gods and they were getting ready to sacrifice to them as they, as they were gods and deities. Um, you would think about some of the religious leaders today and may, maybe they would have allowed for that sacrifice to take place. This is serious for me. I was like, wow, Lord, we can have divisions even from good leaders, good pastors, good deacons, good elders. And it made me think of relationships. Um, I wrote two things in my lesson, love versus infatuation. How do you know you love your pastor? How do you know you love your conference leadership? How do you know you love your Sabbath school teacher, your elder, your, your deacons? How do you know you love these spiritual leaders in the church? How do I know I'm not infatuated with them? Um, I'm going to answer from my perspective of, of as a pastor. Um, people that think that I'm perfect are infatuated with me. They can't see no wrong. Pastor can do no wrong. Um, and to me, that's the equivalent of in a relationship when you're infatuated, your boyfriend can do no wrong. He is perfect. And you will willingly overlook things that are glaring at you and that are evident, so clear that you know, this guy's not all, all that he sees or says he is. Um, that's infatuation. Love, on the other hand, comes from God. And love is not blind to the imperfections, but love is able to still love in spite of the imperfections. And there's, a, a, I think, in, in the human relationships, Paul, I think, exhibited that. Paul could see the flaws in his fellow workers and still love them, and love them enough to hold them accountable, which to me is one of the manifestations that... Um, Number one, I am not worshiping someone else, like uh, another pastor or church leader. When I became beginning to say, hey, I don't know if that's in the Bible, or he lost his temper, <laughs> or she shouldn't have said that. You know, she, I, I can see the human in her. I can see that she struggles like me. She's not a superhuman. Um, that to me is self-evidence uh, that I am not infatuated with these church leaders. I can appreciate and value them tremendously, but I'm not... Uh, infatuated with them which I think is what happened in, in Corinth they became infatuated with Apollos and infatuated with Paul imperfect human beings frail uh, you know besides outside of Christ these individuals had no attributes that would make people attracted to them but love on the other hand brings this element that I mentioned accountability yesterday I talked to you about a, a man that I admire a lot 
um, that I love. I'm not infatuated with him. I love Robert Smith because he was my spiritual mentor, uh, my spiritual other brother, and still is. And one of the things that he modeled for me was love holds account people accountable. And I knew that our friendship was real when Bob one time uh, rebuked me. And he did it. Uh, I can tell you it was an, opp an opportunity that he created. He had been planning for. We're going to take all the youth in our Harrisburg church to the woods. We're going to be camping. And I was supposed to come up with all of these um, sermons and spiritual activities to kind of reignite a spiritual desire for the Lord while we were camping. And I procrastinated. I, you know, hang out with people, watch TV. And I'm like, oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. And that was horrible. This is post uh, pre-conversion, you know, and God was using this to prepare me for conversion to show how, um, how flawed I was. Anyways, the, the weekend shows up and we're out there in the woods and the kids are expecting, you know, beautiful Christ-centered presentations to stir their hearts. There are no cell phones. There are no nothings. It's just us, the woods, nature, and a, a youth leader that did not prepare himself. And I had nothing. That night before, I'm scrambling. Oh, God gave me something. Oh, God gave me something. And I believe in previous occasions, God had seen that because I was busy visiting people in the hospital or busy with school or whatever. And, you know, the week didn't allow me. God in mercy would say, okay, here it is. I'll show you something from the Bible. But not this time. And, and God allowed me to have nothing. And so I began to ramble on and on. And I talked for maybe five, ten minutes. And it was horrible. I'm glad it was not recorded. But in the end, Bob said, all right, thank you, Ariel, for that. And I'm going to tell you a story. And he told a story, I can't remember, of the name of a baseball player who failed his team because he had so much potential. When they would practice, when they would rehearse, this guy was an ace. I mean, he could hit the ball and pitch and catch and throw like, like an awesome player. But he hardly practiced. And when he came to the actual games, he was always letting his team down. When he counted most, he failed the team. And that's the story Bob told to the youth. And when he was finishing his appeal, he looked at me. And he said, don't be like that man who had so much potential but never prepared. At that moment, of course, I wanted to crawl under the rock. But at the same time, I'm like, he loves me. That's love. Love rebukes. Jesus loves. And Jesus says in the book of the Revelation, those that I love, I rebuke. See, we, maybe we've come to think of rebuking as someone, you know, very angry with the carotid arteries super swelled in the side of the necks and maybe that artery, in the, that vein in the forehead, you know, fully engorged. And that's what we think about rebuking. But Bob rebuked me with as this book called Steps to Christ with tears in his voice. And that to me is evidence that I am not infatuated with a leader when I can still respect and accept leadership and accept direction and accept ideas. I can see his flaws, but I can still love that leader. I can still appreciate that leader and support that leader because I love that leader. I'm not infatuated with that person. There is no human being that's perfect. I am not perfect. And if you ever got baptized because you loved a pastor, you did not get baptized. You made a decision for a human being, not for Jesus. 
And Jesus wants you to be in love with him. And you can make that baptism count. You can say, Lord, uh, I did it to make the pastor happy. But you can say, Lord, I don't want to make the pastor happy. I want to make you happy. Let that baptism be for you. Be a follower of Jesus. Don't be a follower of humanity because no matter how good a pastor is or a leader is, if you follow that man, the, the book of Corinth warns us, Satan will use you to bring division. And that's the last thing we want. Good pastors, it would break our hearts to know that our ministry has somehow been manipulated by Satan to bring divisions in the church. Keep your eyes on Jesus.